I'm so glad for his word. It is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It's something we can know that is certain. Every word that Jesus spoke, every word that he inspired his prophets to pen down is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we believe that the word of God is his letter to our hearts today. John's gospel is a, is, is about Jesus. His theme runs throughout its pages about do you believe? And that's kind of bit, been over and over. Jesus will ask that question. Do you believe? Last chapter, chapter nine, Jesus healed a person that was blind from birth. And, and the, the disciples were asked, well, who sinned? This man or his parents. And Jesus cleared up the mis- cleared up the misunderstanding. It was neither his parents or his, but it was so that the works of God may be glorified. <laughs> I don't understand all the ups and downs of why some people are healed and some people are not. Sometimes God, He's sovereign. But I know this. God cares about every person. Every person. The greatest healing is to have their heart cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And our heart is right in right relationship with Jesus. So we're going to talk today from Gospel John's Gospel chapter 10 about the good shepherd. I know we've thrown this statement, God is good a lot around the church and God is good all the time we say that. But we've got to bring that to the streets. We've got to bring that to the workplace. God is good. That God is good to you. God can be, God wants to show himself to every person. We're going to look at a verse 16. He says there's some other sheep that, that he has are not of this fold. I think he was looking past that day and could see you and I today. He has other sheep and another fold. That means every everyone that believes, whosoever believes, John's Gospel 3.16, you know that verse, for God so loved the world, right? He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is a promise. The second, 17th verse, go on and say He sent, He was sent into the world not to condemn the world but to save the world. It is in the heart of God to save. It is in the heart of our shepherd, our Lord, to seek and to save that which is lost. Now he describes to us here himself as like a door. And I'll read from verse 1 on. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by his name and leads them out. I love that verse. He knows, the sheep knows his voice. So the challenge is this, do I know his voice? Have I heard his voice lately? I believe he whispers to us in the inner man. 
I believe that he speaks to us through his written word. That's the first and foremost. When you read his word, he is speaking to you. And we know it's right there for us. But what about the time when you're driving down the road and you sense something, you sense a, a thought, a thought that comes to you, an inspiration, a word. Sometimes I think he can speak to us through the song. Oftentimes he speaks to us through the inner peace. Did you catch that? God is not the author of confusion. You're feeling frustrated, you're feeling upset, you're feeling just overwhelmed is not from God. God is a God of peace. Order. And so, in helping us understand, remember the prophet Elijah, how many remember that guy? He was radical. But he was just as human as he was radical. You remember the story? He calls down fire to consume the sacrifice after the the, the other prophets, the false prophets, were gnashing and cutting themselves, trying to get their Balaam God to wake up. No more do we read that chapter and just over the next chapter, Elijah is afraid. Jezebel is on the hunt to kill the prophets. And he draws within. He goes within. He goes into a dark place. He goes into a depression. He goes into a, uh, I don't, I don't want to live anymore. He just, he wants to give it up. But the good shepherd seeks him out. Sends an angel. He wasn't eating. God sends an angel. Wakes him up. Elijah, what are you doing here? Well, he mumbles a bit. He stutters. He's, he's down. He's depressed. He's discouraged. And God sent an earthquake. God sent thunder. And God sent a gentle blow in breeze. And you read that. In portion in First Kings, you read that First Kings nineteen eleven through thirteen. You read that, and you see right there that God wasn't in the thunder. God can thunder, by the way. God can be very loud, and God can do extraordinary, huge things. But do not overlook the gentle, still, small voice. And Isaiah said, you will hear a voice behind you. He will say, this is the way, walk in it. And I trust and I believe that today we can be refreshed and understand, you know what? God is maybe speaking to me more than I really realize. God may be speaking and prompting me in my thoughts. And how do you know for sure? Let me say this. When you look at Proverbs 16, he says this. Commit your ways to the Lord. Now, you may have the thought. Now we're going to bring it to the Lord. Lord, is this of you? Lord, if this is of you, then may it happen. Make it work. But God, if this is not of you, I I don't want a part of it. I don't want to go outside of your 
of your, of your judgment, of your will. Now, I believe in this, that God gives us a mind. God gives us also a will. God helps us to choose what is right and wrong by the help of the Holy Spirit. Because we have his written word, we know that there's things that he's spoken to us, he says to us that are not right, then we ought not to do them. But the problem is having the power and the willpower not to sin. That's where we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's where we need the power of the Lord himself speaking to us. We can shut the Lord off. We can close our heart to him. But God doesn't want that. He wants to speak life into you. And so let me help you understand as well. I used to think this way. I'm just going to try harder. Okay, I stumbled, I, I fell, I, I messed up. Well, I'm just going to try harder. Devil, get behind me. And that's all okay. Here's how we need to pray. Jesus, I messed up. I confess in my flesh there's nothing good. Lord, I can't change myself. Will you change me? Start to pray that way. God, will you change my inner man? Will you change how I think? Will you change how I react? See, I thought I was a patient man. Can I share? And by the way, people that live in pain are not themselves. Now we have a, we've had a family surgery. Three weeks ago, my wife had knee surgery. Right knee. And I thought I was a patient man. I'm not patient. I'm not saying anything negative against my wife. There's just a little bit too much of me yet to be crucified. And so the first couple nights, it was up five, six times. You know, I don't do well when I don't get my sleep. I'm just trying to be real here. I am not a, uh, I try to walk with God, and God knows my weakness. My mom said I'm a boy who needs my rest. She said that. You see, even in our weakness, the shepherd still believes in us because it's his power that he's going to demonstrate if we will but surrender ourselves, Admit it. That's the way to freedom. Admitting. I need Jesus. And that admitting may be minute by minute by minute through the day. Don't just assume because you prayed yesterday that it's okay. It's okay, but... It's not okay. It's not enough. It's on and on and on. Elijah, the man of God, used by the it was a it was a mountain explosive. It was like revival. And he couldn't stay on that mountain. Let me let me propose this. God does some of his deepest work when you're in the valley, where you're in the bottom, when you're in a pit, where when you're laid. By a stream, and the birds are coming to feed you. That that happened to Elijah. I think it was Elijah. I get mixed up with Elijah. That's his next fall. 
My sheep know my voice. It's a sweet voice. It's a voice that when you hear it, you want to follow it. Because it's a voice that's going to lead you into his presence. It's a voice that's going to lead you to peace. Though you cannot change your circumstances at the moment, though things don't even seem to only maybe get worse, the fact that he has your hand is maybe just enough to let you know that I'm going to be with you. You may not understand what's going on. You see, Good Shepherd describes that there was one who tried to climb over the wall. He went another way. He, he was deceptive. And there's an enemy that we know is Satan. And Jesus refers to him in verse 10, the thief. We know that Satan is a thief, that he is a liar, that we do not want to give him an inch. He says, I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Let me, let me help you just, sometimes we, I think we get excited. I love blessings. I'm blessed. I have more than I need, okay? Having stuff doesn't give you happiness. It does in a way, but it doesn't in the long run. In fact, having too much stuff can give you anxiety. Why is it? Because we're, we're worrying about it. Fussing. And isn't it just like the enemy? Somehow, he always has a counterfeit. If you'll just bow down to me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Listen. Jesus was already owner of all the kingdoms. Satan never could have bothered him. The thief comes to steal your joy. He wants to steal your soul. He wants to steal your family. He wants to destroy you. He's out to destroy. But listen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have the authority in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm going, I'm taking the fork. I'm taking the narrow road that leads to life. I'm not going to give myself to the God of this world, which is Satan, small letter G-O-D, who has been given dominion, but there is a life that is more abundant than this old world could ever offer if I lived to be a thousand years old. There's still more that Jesus has to offer to us because of who he is. 
And that's why the Pharisees were so messed up. They were just outraged. They could not believe. They could not accept that Jesus was who he was saying he was. He was, and that's further in the chapter. They were outraged. Division arose. They were ready to kill him, stone him. They accused him of being demon-possessed. You see, the enemy will fight with everything he has to try to destroy the church. To try to tear down the things of God. But guess what? Satan's going to be destroyed someday. Oh, he'll be bound for a thousand years. And then he'll be loose for a season. Revelation said, then he will be cast into the lake of fire forever and forever and forever. The good shepherd will lead you in the right way. Verse 4, he puts forth all his own. He goes before him, before them rather, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Sheep are led. They're not herded. That, that's kind of a bad grammar, I think. Herded. Sheep are led. They don't do very well when someone tries to push them. They just scatter, just go every direction. They are led, and they will follow someone they trust. Because the shepherd that we're following has proved himself to be faithful, has proved himself over and over to be who he is, has proved himself. The first letter of Peter chapter 5 speaks to the, what we know as, as the pastor of the church, and we call him an under-shepherd. He's not the great shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. But the we know as, as a pastor, one who leads, uh, has responsibility for a flock, for a people. It says, let him not do it under compulsion. In other words, don't do it and force people, but lead by your example, being a servant. It's a servant leader. And so, thank God. Here's what I encourage people. Pray for your pastor. Pray for leaders. Pray that they can hear the voice of God. That's number one. Pray that the word of God will be in them. That they're, they're hearing. That they're hearing what's on the heart of God for the time that we live, the times that we live in. We need the wisdom of God Almighty in order to communicate effectively. It never fails. We are only limited in ourself. But I believe that the promises for those who will call upon Him that His indwelling Spirit comes to live within us. And that's what makes us who we ought to be. That's what makes us the church. That's what makes us the true body of Christ, the true church, the people themselves that have entered, yes, to Jesus. The hireling, he says, verse 12. Look at that. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd. A hireling is just worried about the paycheck. He's just worried about what's for him. He really doesn't care about the sheep so long as he gets what he wants. 
And so this hireling, he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and gathers them. We don't want to follow that guy. We don't want to follow someone that's just just going through the motions. We want to follow someone that's living the life that is down where you live and understands and yet stays with the sheep, loves the sheep. To the extent that Jesus demonstrates that I will lay down my life. No one has taken it away. Look at verse 18. Because no one took Jesus' life. He gave his life. He had all authority. And not have to do. Because he loved us. Because he knew that was the only way. And this is the authority. No one has taken away. No, no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority take, to take it up again. This commandment I received from the Father. And then after that, it was explosive. It was just explosive. The religious courts just went crazy. They, they said, we're going, we're, we're going to drive this man away. We're going to, and he slips away. And so what he was referring to is the sheep. Verse 26, you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. What he was telling them is that you, you don't know, you don't recognize my voice. How could they crucify the one who, whom was the savior of the world? But you see, I have to put myself right in verse 26. I crucified the Lord because of my sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, I couldn't. I can't say. Well, I would have never. I would have never done that. Well, I would have never been like the prophet Elijah, having that experience. That would have launched me into years ahead of of fruitfulness and of just triumph and victory. The fact of the matter is that we're all human and we need the shepherd to guide us. We need the Savior. We need the Redeemer. We need the Forgiver. We need the Healer. We need the mountain mover. We need the one who parts the Red Sea. We need the one who walks on the troubled water when we are sinking. We need the one who comes to our aid when we don't have the answers. The doctor don't have the answers. It's not a good word. Things are looking bad. We need him. We come to a place in our life And here's how Satan will work. He will use God's word against you. Well, you're, you're, aren't you supposed to have an abundant life? He'll take his, he'll take God's word and he'll start to beat you up if you, if you, if you're not careful. Remember, Satan comes to condemn. Jesus convicts us. What that means is we know we need to change and we can't change so we know we can change with his help. You see, the first step to changing is admitting I need you, Jesus. The rest of it is a lifetime 
that we learn how to walk with him. We learn to hear his voice. We learn to follow. Do I always hit it? No. I'm sure I'd miss it. But he gives us another chance. Thank God for another chance. And another chance. He said to forgive your brother seven times. Times 70. And now, connect with the Lord. If you're stumbling in areas of your life, you need to connect with another person who loves God. We talked a little bit about friendship with the guys last. The importance of connecting soul to soul. And here's to my last point. Peter's word said this, First Peter, that he is the shepherd, the guardian of your soul. In other words, he chooses where your soul will spend eternity. And when we choose Jesus, we accept him, we are in, we are in his kingdom. You're not going to let Satan snatch you out of your, his hands. Except we can choose by walking away from him. But I'm choosing. And I believe you're choosing to say yes to Jesus. Our hearts are just right now, we bow our hearts right where we're at. In this moment, Maybe there's something we need to surrender to you that we're stumbling over. And that we would help be helped by you, but we would help be helped by people of and resources of the of the kingdom of God, of the church of Jesus Christ. We would be helped by them. We would be helped by a friend. If you're here today, would you just Say this simple prayer in your heart where you're at. Jesus, I cannot live for you by myself, by my own power. But I only can live for you when your Holy Spirit is indwelling me, flowing, and I'm yielding to you. The Lord, right now I surrender. I say, come into my heart afresh and anew. Come into my secret places of my inner man and reside there. Take take over, take control of the things that bind me and hold me back from being fully surrendered. And I want to be changed. I want to change. In Jesus' name. If you're here, you need Jesus as Savior. You pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I confess my need for you. I confess I'm a sinner. I need you, Jesus, come into my heart. That's a simple prayer. I, I encourage you to pray that now and even pray it again throughout the day or pray it before you go to bed tonight.